Hi, and welcome to another episode of Geeking Cannabis. Today, we are going to be going over how to get your medical card. So just a little disclaimer for you. Although I am a student at the Cleveland School of Cannabis and I research my information, I still highly recommend looking up your own information. I do my best to report factual information, but that does not mean everything I say is accurate. I do not recommend doing anything illegal, and I don't recommend buying cannabis off of the black market at any age. I recommend waiting until you are legally able to consume cannabis, but remember, it is still federally illegal. So right there in my disclaimer, I say that I don't recommend buying cannabis off of the black market. This is because cannabis, when it goes through dispensaries, it is held up to certain regulations. It's tested in a lab. I mean, you have the option to test more than once. I think it's some companies do it up to three times where they test for pathogens, they test for metals, they test for different toxins in the cannabis or in the extracts or in the edibles. And just to see for edibles, for sure, and all of the products, mind you, how much THC, CBD, and other cannabinoids are in the products and it's honestly just a safer means of getting your cannabis i mean you know how it was grown i mean i honestly think that all regulations and standards should be that cannabis is grown organically or even vegan i mean the better and the healthier you grow your plant the better it's going to be for you and once you treat your cannabis plant well then it'll treat you well with its terpenes and all of the love it has to offer and so getting a medical card that's part of being able to smoke cannabis from a dispensary if you're not 21 yet but you need cannabis as a medicine then I would recommend getting it and it's kind of a long process I mean mine was kind of expedited just because of covid going on i mean they have this thing where they get back to you within one to two days where usually it's anywhere up to 30 days and it does take a while but fortunate fortunately for me when i got my cannabis card last year it actually was a pretty quick process in the terms of actually getting the card once i applied all of my papers so growing up i always thought cannabis was a bad thing I mean, my mom would tell me, if you smoke pot, then you'll be lazy and your brain will not develop fully. And just so you know, that is true. If you're under the age of 25, your prefrontal cortex has not done, is, is, it isn't done developing yet. And so you just want to be careful with smoking cannabis, smoke at your own discretion. It may stunt some growth, but there's not enough scientific evidence towards that. And cannabis does help in a lot of different ways, and it does help with stopping your own neurons from degrading even even further. So that's up to your own discretion of what you really believe based off of science, but just a disclaimer. Anyway, I just saw cannabis as this bad thing. I didn't think it had any medical benefits for it. And growing up in school, I mean, we'd do the drug products projects and how all these different drugs are bad for you. And if you smoke pot, it is an entry gate. It's a (laughs) gateway drug. I can tell you since I've smoked cannabis, I have had no desire to touch any other drug. Honestly, cannabis to me is not a drug. It really is a medicine. It really is something beautiful that 
is on our earth. I mean, we have cannabinoid receptors in our body. We have the CB1 receptor and the CB2 receptor. The CB1, I actually didn't mention this last episode, but I did mention it in the ancient Greece episode for any of, or the ancient history episode. For any of those who remember, the Taoists believe that yin and yang is the balance of everything. So dark and light, day and night, hot and cold, etc. And cannabis is that balance. It's the CB1 and CB2 receptors, which the CB1 receptor is THC and CBT, CB2 helps with the CBD. That's where it soaks in. And so the CB1 helps with the central nervous system and the CB2 helps with the peripheral nervous system and the immune system. And so it really does balance you. It really is a medicine. And that's really just what I didn't understand as a kid. And everything around me is saying, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, don't try this. And I mean, growing up with that, you're definitely not going to try it because you don't want to be a quote-unquote rebel, I guess. I mean, some kids have, don't get me wrong. Some kids do it. And honestly, I think that cannabis should be a 21 and over thing but I think that it should be readily available for anyone that if they want to get their medical card they should be able to and I wanted to mention with getting your medical card you actually cannot get your Floyd card now in Maryland they actually just passed a law that you can have your medical cannabis card and your gun law I mean and your Floyd card and what's interesting to me is that alcohol has no regulations on it right You can get drunk and your vision is very, very impaired and you have a hard time making any type of decision and you can throw up all over yourself and you can hold a gun while doing all of those things. But with cannabis, something that chills you out, makes you grounded and so you wouldn't even want to touch a gun when you're high. I mean, maybe you would like to. I mean, that's up to you. But I know for me, like, if I'm high, I wouldn't want to touch a gun just because I'm like, no, it's a gun. Why would I want to touch a gun right now? I mean, <laughs> but to me, it's just interesting that you can be chilled out and your vision is fine. Sometimes, yes, if you smoke too much, your vision is impaired and they do not recommend driving while intoxicated. However, I think there should be more tests into driving well high just because I think there should be a limit just like alcohol in which THC can be in your body and you can get tested and you can still drive and you're fine. I think that should definitely be something that we're looking into and I think in California actually they are starting to do some of those tests just for policemen to have a scale of like okay this person is too high or like they're good they're just a little buzzed you know. Anyway you can't have your Floyd card and you can be really aggressive when you're drunk and you can have a Floyd card but with cannabis when you're chilled out you can't have your Floyd card. I don't know. It really is a setback. And I know that some people don't even want to get their medical card that should have it because of the gun laws. So just something that I thought was interesting. With my PTSD, I did not realize how it affects me every single day. But I am uncomfortable around adult men and women all the time. I'm uncomfortable around people my age as well. 
and it's really really hard it feels like I'm in a box sometimes and sometimes I'll just be sitting there and a situation will be happening in front of me and it'll trigger me and I'll have an outer body experience it got to the point where I didn't know what to do anymore and I knew I needed help and I, I was seeing my therapist since eighth grade on and off and so she really knows my situation she's been working with me for a long time and I mentioned to her I said you know for for a long time I was nervous about bringing cannabis up I didn't know how to go about it just because I didn't think it was a good thing and I asked her I said what do you think about cannabis because I heard that it helps with anxiety, I heard it helps with depression, I heard it helps with PTSD, and these are all things that I struggle with. What do you think about it? And she told me, she said, it's up to you. If you want to try it, because I have heard that it helps, I can write a recommendation letter for you. If you find the right clinic that will work with you, then yeah, I would be totally down to write down officially, write down your diagnosis and hand it off to a doctor who will write your prescription and I just want you to know the listeners out there that getting your cannabis card is actually a pretty difficult process in terms of you need to make sure that you have a psychiatrist or someone that you're working with back and forth readily that will vouch for you and will actually write a letter for you for when they go to the doctor Now, the doctor part of it, the person who actually writes your prescription, this is where it gets kind of fuzzy because it's not federally legalized yet. So a lot of people don't necessarily stand behind cannabis. And it's just one of those things that isn't really accepted yet. However, the American Cannabis Nurses Association was made back in 2006. So that's a whole line of medical professionals who support cannabis. Now, I think that's interesting because if you go to your doctors, they might actually get uncomfortable with talking about cannabis, but you need to make sure that you have the facts. You can say, this is what I have, and this is what I believe it can help with, and just start that open dialogue with your doctor of, is any medication that I'm taking going to be harmful? Is it going to go against? Um, Will it have any adverse effects for me? And so you just want to talk to your doctor based off of what you really believe will help you and I mean going to your primary doctor it might be a dead end but you can actually go to different doctors in different locations for example I contacted someone in Aurora if you look up online you can look up um, doctors who write cannabis prescriptions in my area and since it was COVID for me I didn't have to go in. I just had to make a phone call. I had to send in my recommendation from my therapist and they signed it. They said, this is um, legitimate. I believe you. We have to check in with you another time. They called me one more time after I got my medical card and they made sure everything was going all right for me. They made sure that I got my card all right. They made sure that I um, was using the product for the right time, that it really worked for me and just wanted to see how I was doing. And after that, I never talked to them again. And some places you have to pay a flat fee. Some places it works with your insurance. I would just do some research to really see what works with you. So to officially sign up for your medical card, you want to go to um, whatever state you're in. 
you should look up the medical cannabis of blank, that state. So I'm looking up medical cannabis, Illinois. At the top of the page, it says dph.illinois.gov. And when you look to the left side, if you're actually on this website right now, it'll have the different applications and things that you should look at. So a healthcare professional information, that is the doctor that you would go through and change your application information. It has a select a medical cannabis dispensary, which you can, once you get your medical card, you pick your dispensary that you're getting your cannabis from but you can only get it from a specific place. So for example, I'm signed up to Aurora right now, VeraLife, and that is the only dispensary that I can go to unless if I change it. But just so you know, it takes about an hour once you change it for it to actually change in the system. So say you don't like Aurora's uh, dispensary options and you want to go somewhere else. And I've heard that Joliet is really nice. So you log on to your account and there should be an option that says change dispensaries. So you go in there and you say, I go to this dispensary. I don't want to go here anymore. And you choose the dispensary that you want to change to. You hit OK and it confirms and you just have to wait about an hour. So what actually qualifies you to get your medical card? Well, you must be 18 years of age, first of all. If you are not 18 years of age, like I said earlier, you can actually get your guardian or someone that watches over you or just someone random that is over 21 that you want to be the person that gets your medicine for you because when you're 17, you cannot go to the dispensary. Once you turn 18, you can. And so the person that goes for you is called a caregiver. So you must be at least 18 years of age. You must not hold a school bus permit or a commercial driver's license, CDL. You must not be an active duty law enforcement officer, correctional officer, correctional probation officer, or firefighter. You also cannot be a member of the government, believe it or not. You must be a resident of the state of Illinois at the time of application and remain a resident during participation in the program. You must have a qualifying debilitating medical condition and you must have signed a physician certification unless you are a vet veteran receiving medical care at a VA facility. So like I was saying earlier, if you are under the age of 18, you actually need to get a caregiver and that is gonna be a different, a different application. You'll still have everything, but when you're applying, you must say that you have a caregiver and then you must give all of the caregivers information. You have to have a headshot of them too. You also have to make sure that they have a picture of their driver's license and you will both be marked on the government's list. Ha ha ha. So on the website, if you go to the medical cannabis patient application, it will give you everything you need. So you're gonna make an application or a login based off of this website. You're gonna make sure to write down your username and ID password, because if you lose your username, ID and password, it's gonna suck. Like always write that down if you don't. I definitely recommend that. So the provisional registration card is valid up to 90 days. That is what you receive after you apply for your cannabis card before your actual nice, shiny, beautiful card comes in. Your green card, literally. Your green card, your cannabis card, your medical card. The beautiful gift of medicine. So like I said earlier, you have to make sure that you have a physician written certification form it will tell you on the website exactly what you need for your card. So you create a patient registration 
you print your provisional registration and you verify a registry identification card. So it's actually really simple. It just takes time. I mean, everything does. But I honestly recommend getting your medical card just because you are able to smoke cannabis if you are from the age of 18 to 20, where you're not quite 21 yet. And once you turn that golden age of 21 where you can get a hotel, you can drink alcohol, you can smoke cannabis finally in select states, you can use cannabis before then. And if you need it, then get it. And it actually, for anyone that's listening, did you know that although cannabis from anywhere it's grown is held to specific standards, but medical cannabis is actually held to higher standards. And when you're looking at a medical dispensary list, the medical or just a dispensary list, the medical list is actually a lot longer than the recreational list. And that's because of the different regulations and standards that medical cannabis is held to. A lot of it, I believe, in some states, it actually has to be organic, which I think is awesome. I mean, I'd want to smoke organic cannabis. And I definitely, if you decide to grow cannabis, which, fun fact, once you get your medical card, at least in the state of Illinois, I'm not 100% sure of other states, you can grow up to five plants. And why do you want to grow plants instead of buying from a dispensary, you may ask? Although the price of getting your startup may be very expensive, it is very expensive, it, the payout is worth it if you know what you're doing. If you don't and you don't have time for it, don't do it because growing cannabis is very time consuming, very time consuming. I truly only recommend it if you are a plant fanatic because cannabis is... A beautiful plant it really is a treasure it really is so you get your medical provisionary card and you're so excited because you're like oh my god I finally get to purchase cannabis legally now and it's gonna be fantastic I'm gonna get this medicine I'm gonna get exactly what I need and you walk into the building and it just smells like heaven ganja heaven and you can tell that this place is full of stoners And I just want to remind everyone that stoners should not have a negative connotation around it. You want to know why? Because stoners, the definition, is someone who smokes pot all the time. Just because you smoke pot all the time does not make you a bad person. It doesn't make you lazy. Like I said earlier, cannabis does not make you lazy. If you are lazy and you smoke then you're going to be lazy because you are lazy to begin with. I don't know what to tell you on that one. (laughs) I mean, cannabis can help with motivation. I mean, I've said this a couple different times. I've smoked and I've cleaned the whole house and it really got me through it. Like it got me in the right state of mind. And I mean, cannabis really just, it really just helps. And so you get to the dispensary and you're like, oh my God, Okay, these are the qualifications that I have. This is the this is the reason why I got my medical card. Please help me. And your bud tenders are like, all right, I got you, fam. And they bring out this beautiful list, just like a candy shop, that has all of the goodies on it. And you're like, oh my God, this is a huge list. I don't know what to get. And so you're just kind of staring at it for a little bit. And you're like, okay, so this says S, and this says I, and this says H? What? 
And so you're just kind of staring at it like, what? (laughs) What do I do? And you look at the bud tenders and you get intimidated. So then you just look back at the paper and you're like, okay, I got this. And you're looking at it and you're still not quite sure. I just want to let you folks know, just who's who's ever listening, is that S, H, and I, sativa S, hybrid H, indica I. And for those of you who I've said multiple times and you've been listening, that indica and sativa are different. It's just like the different genetics of cannabis. So indica is more of the mycerine and linalool dominant terpenes. And just so you know, with every terpenes comes uh, adverse effects. And so you want to be conscious of unwanted tiredness with the linalool. And for sativa, it's mostly caroflene, pinene, and lemonine dominant terpenes. And so where you want to be cautious with sativa is it can induce unwanted anxiety. And so here's the part that is confusing, right? Is you're like, okay, linalool helps with anxiety, right? But then it also makes me tired. And lemonine helps with anxiety and depression, but it also can induce anxiety. And that's where I was saying before that you want to make sure that you're smoking a little bit and then working your way up because you don't know your tolerance and you don't know how it's going to affect your body unless if you've been doing it for a long time. And so you start off low and slow, make your way up. And here's where hybrids come into the situation. You want something that has linalool and lemonine because you want it to help with your anxiety. And so linalool will really, really give you those chill vibes and really just hug you and just make you feel so comforted. But if you smoke too much of it, it'll make you tired. And have you ever heard of indica in the couch? Well, linalool is to thank for that. So when you're looking on this dispensary list, although it may say I for indica, S for sativa, and H for hybrid, you still wanna ask the bud tenders like what they would recommend so say you have anxiety and they say a hybrid well that's not just a sativa right so that can have a linalool and the limonene like I was talking about and so never ever worry about asking your bud tenders they're there for you and the next fun part that you get to decide is what exactly you are going to use for your cannabis to intake it Do you want an edible? Do you actually want to smoke? Do you want something that's not going to smell at all that will get to you really quick? Well, there are different methods of administration. So inhalation is going to be one of the fastest options besides sublingual. And so you can either smoke or vaporize. And like I was saying earlier, I definitely recommend using a vaporizer instead of combusting just because cannabis when you combust it can have those pathogens from the lighter the butane that are not good for you and will cause health problems over long periods of time and so when you smoke inhalation it lasts about two to three hours and the absorption rate is about 10 to 35 percent and just so you know you never truly take all of the cannabis into your body so when you're smoke you're losing a little bit of that and so smoking you will need obviously your plant material and your plant material when you have it in that raw form is THCA and once you're heating it up that's when it turns to THC so you have your plant material you have your grinder you don't want to break up the cannabis with your fingers just because the terpenes are very very sticky and they will stick to your fingers and you will lose them and the terpenes is where it's at 
literally it's where the medicine is at so you don't want to lose that on your fingers and so just putting it in your grinder grinding it up and then you're able to either roll it if you're a professional like that or putting it into your pipe or into your vaporizer and you light up and go so i'm going to light up right now actually and i'm going to be smoking the same thing i did last time which is mimosa and for those of you who did not tune in last time, Mimosa, the strain in front of me, is made from reverse. It is 3.5 milligrams. Its reported effects are physical, relaxed, balanced, calm, and focus. And for the potency analysis for THC, it has 1.190. For THCA, it's 22.410. And it has no CBD. So the total is 24.27, and I'm going to hit it right now. And for those of you that don't know, I am using a PAX. It is a vaporizer. You can adjust the settings on it for how high the temperature is, and it's actually super nice and super clean for smoking, and I 10 out of 10 definitely recommend. The only thing I don't recommend about this thing is that it overheats like the when you're holding it itself it doesn't burn the cannabis it doesn't have a burn flavor but the machine itself just gets hot in your hand so for those of you who didn't tune in last time this cannabis strain has a linalool and it has a pinene and also a lemonine so it's got that lavender taste, it's also got a earthy taste and a citrusy taste. And for those of you who do not know how to properly test your cannabis, you take a suck in and you click the tongue to the top of your mouth like this. Like if that makes sense, but really, really fast in your mouth after you take an inhale when you're doing that, you'll do that and on the way out, you'll do it too. So let's do it together one time. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was the best I've ever done with that and I definitely got that profile flavor. If you have never done that before, I definitely recommend it the next time you smoke. Just take in your air, click your tongue, and when you're letting it out, make sure to click your tongue as well. And as you're exhaling, you'll really be able to taste all of those terpenes on your breath. It's really a beautiful thing. So like I was saying earlier, with smoking, you have joints, spliffs, blunts, and if you like the nicotine with it, then that would be more of a blunt. If you like the hemp papers, that would be more of a joint. And you can use different pipes. There is a one-hitter, there is a bowl, which has a carb filter on the side, which when you're holding it, you're gonna hold the carb filter while you're lighting it and you'll have the smoke draw into the chamber. You'll let your carb finger off and you'll keep inhaling and the smoke will um, go into your body. And there's also a bong, which is a water pipe. And what I recommend for bongs, if you are able to, is put ice into the bong itself because it really helps cool the hit. And I do not recommend for smoking for the first time, I really just recommend starting with a vaporizer. Like I really do. I There's really nothing that compares to it because when you're smoking with a lighter, it burns the back of your throat and it makes you cough and it's really not an enjoyable experience. 
when you're smoking with a vaporizer, you take it in and it's, it really is a medicine at that point. And I got to shout out Ohio. I mean, I know it sucks not being able to smoke a joint because sometimes it really just is a joint kind of mood when you just got to light up and listen to some revolution. But honestly, I think Ohio has the right thing going on with making it illegal to combust cannabis because there's really no other way to smoke than vaporization. So vaporization, there's tabletops and then there's portable. So like I was saying, the packs, there's a Da Vinci, there's a Mighty and Crafty. My teacher actually from my dispensary class recommended a Crafty. Shout out to her. And a tabletop would be like a volcano. And you have to be careful about when you're buying tabletops just because, like I just bought a student glass. For some reason, I thought it vaporized the cannabis. It doesn't. It's just like glorified bong, to be honest with you. It's beautiful. It's worth it. But it doesn't have the health benefits like I was looking for originally. And so, ingestion. The on-site is 30 to 120 minutes. And the absorption rate is 4 to 12%. Now, if you notice, that is actually less than inhalation, which is at 10 to 35%. So why is ingestion lower than inhalation? So 4 to 12%, that is because the stomach acid in your stomach breaks down the THC before it can absorb into your body. So to counteract that, I recommend taking one to two tablets of Tums, like 10, 15 minutes before you eat the edible, and then it should have a higher absorption rate. And the ingestion duration lasts a lot longer than the inhalation, which is why some people really prefer this method. The ingestion duration is about four to eight hours, and the cannabis metabolizes in the liver. So it has a more potent and euphoric effect. So you really have to be careful with edibles because it's going to be a lot stronger than you intend it to be. And you also have to be careful because it takes a long time for it to actually hit you. So you take the edible and you're like, oh, I'm feeling great. There's like, or maybe you're like, oh, I'm not feeling it. And then you take more and then it hits you and you're like, oh, okay. And then you remember that you took more and you're like, oh, and then it hits you and you're like, oh my God, what did I do? (laughs) But not to worry, my friends, CBD will help you if you are too high. So sublingual is, is what I keep talking about. That is the tincture and you can actually measure out exactly what you're going to be putting into your body. So like the 0.25, 0.5, one milliliter and you actually have oral sprays as well. So you just put it under your tongue and you sit for about 15 to 30 seconds and then you can spit it out if you want, you can swallow it if you want, and then it takes about 15 to 30 minutes. And again, like I was saying, it is just as fast as inhalation. And the absorption rate is about 18 to 22%. So inhalation is still the highest at 10 to 35% of what we've gone over so far. And the duration for sublingual tinctures takes about two to three hours. So it's in your system for a decent amount of time, not as long as taking an edible, but just as long as when you smoke. The one thing to know is that sublingual methods are used with alcohol or oil-based tinctures and same with the oral sprays. So if you don't want to consume alcohol, then maybe sublingual isn't for you. And so we also have transdermal patches, which take about 15 to 60 minutes to kick in. 
And when you get your patch, if it is too much THC or too many milligrams for you, then make sure to cut it in half. It's okay if you do because then you get multiple uses out of it. And so the duration of a transdermal patch is 12 to 48 hours and it has the highest absorption rate of 75 to 90%. So if you actually want to get your cannabis in your body, then I would use this. But I would make sure that you cut it because sometimes it's going to be way too much, especially if you're not used to actually absorbing all of the THC and all of the terpenes. It will be a lot for you so five milligrams when you're smoking cannabis or when you're taking it sublingually or in an edible it may seem like not that bad but then when you do five milligrams for a transdermal patch it may be like oh my god so you just want to be careful and topicals i think are my favorite for cramps and for my eczema and also for any pain or anything like that like when my feet are hurting after a long day or when i've worked out too hard i'll make sure to rub some lotion on my body and it really is so beautiful it takes about 10 to 30 minutes to hit and you can feel it right away when you put it on your fingers you can feel it absorb in your body and it's kind of just like a buzzing feeling it's really beautiful and it takes about two to six hours until the effects stop suppositories can be administered rectally or vaginally i recommend them for your period cramps they're usually made with coconut oil so if you're not cool with putting that up your vagina or up your anus then i don't recommend that the onset is about 10 to 15 minutes and the absorption rate is 80 percent so it's very high just like the patches so to end this episode i just want you to know that if you get your medical cannabis card, you are protected under the HIPAA laws, which is Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act of 1996, to let you know that you having your cannabis card, you can tell whoever you want. But they cannot talk about it. The people at the dispensary, they cannot talk about the patients who are there. So when you get your medical card, it's not like everybody knows about it. In fact, they don't. When a police officer pulls you over, he doesn't know that you have your medical cannabis card. Only if you tell him, he will know. So there should not be a fear behind getting your cannabis card because it is a medicine and it will help you. And being afraid that other people will know about it should not hold you back. And so I'm just hoping to those of you out there who maybe were worried about getting their cannabis card, yes, it may stop you from being able to get your Floyd card, but in the end... Do you really want to own a gun? Once you get your medical cannabis card, like once it expires, you can get your Floyd card again. It might take a little bit just because they're like, oh, they just had their cannabis card. So it might just take a couple months. But just know that you will be okay. And when you get your cannabis card, make sure to try a bunch of different things. Get recommendations for the bun tenders. They're there for you. And just know that this plant is for you. And it's just up to you if you want to use it or not. So thank you so much for tuning in on another episode of Geeking Cannabis, going over how I got my medical card and what the dispensary process kind of is. And just thank you so much for tuning in again. I will see you on Friday with a beautiful interview with Danielle and Cheryl. We are going to go over their experience in the medical journey of cannabis and just really what they've gone through. And so I'm so excited for that episode and I hope you can tune in and thank you so much for tuning in today. Peace.